It's Mom and Dad podcast. Wait a minute, Dada has a big belly. Thanks, pal. Wait, what? Well, welcome to the first episode of the Mom and Dad podcast. My name is Jack, and I'm here with my fiance, Caitlin. Hello, hello. Caitlin, welcome to your first podcast. Thank I've done you. several that have failed, but this one should be a good one here. Um, but yeah, staying in my wheelhouse, 80s movies, stuff like that. So we're, we're pretty excited about this. You know, what this podcast is, it's going to be uh, his and her sort of point counterpoint on mm-hmm. movies in the 80s, you know, all the way up to today, um, the guy's version and, and the girl's version of the films. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the first movie we decided to pick was a movie called Beverly Hills Cop, taking place in 1984, starring the great Eddie Murphy, Ronnie Cox, John Ashton, Judge Reinhold. Um, just a, a slew of people, like a young Damon Wayans yeah. is in the scene. Great cast. Yeah, I mean, it's just an amazing cast. And um, yeah, let's just like jump right into it here. And yeah, what, what were it. your first impressions of the movie? First impressions of the movie. So um, now, I mean, it came out in 1984. So I was two when this movie came out. So I never saw it, never really saw much of uh, Eddie Murphy except for. Um, I guess like his his stand up his wasn't he on SNL? He was on SNL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a young cast member. He was uh, nineteen. Okay, yeah. So like uh, that was basically what I knew about him. So I was just really excited to um, see him in you know more of like an actual acting role. You know, not that SNL's not acting, but he was more like a comedian. And uh, this, you know, I was very impressed just from the get go with this. Right. I mean, the first scene. <clears throat> There's this truck that's parked in an alleyway, and these, this truck is filled with Lucky Strike cigarettes. Yep. And uh, Eddie Murphy uh, is a police officer, but he's undercover, and these guys are... He's trying to dump the uh, cigarettes off as a sting operation. I guess uh, selling cigarettes was a thing in the 80s. I guess so. Yeah, at lower prices mm-hmm. than what they charged at that point. So he was doing that, and uh, he was... Uh, talking to the guys and the back and forth is amazing with him like I think 90% of what he's saying Mm -hmm. he is improvising yeah and he does a good job with that and then you know cops show up and this huge car chase you know with a tractor trailer yeah all these cops are chasing a tractor trailer right right it's it's an impressive you know car chase I uh I tend to zone out when uh like a movie has a car chase to be honest but this one kept my attention not sure why but it was uh well done yeah and so uh, they end up crashing the uh, the truck and, well, not really, but they jump off and they get, yeah, I think they do blow out the tires or whatnot. Yeah. And then, then all the cops are there from Detroit and they're like, oh, we should have known it was you, Axel. So he plays <laughs> a character called Axel Foley and, and yep. they should have known it was him. So pretty funny scene there and he just is like laughing. He does that Eddie laugh. And <laughs> then he goes back to the, to the police department and he's there and sees his inspector, Todd, um, who is actually, like, really good in this for a guy who only did three movies. Yeah, you told me that. Wasn't he, like, an actual police chief? Yeah, he was an actual police chief in Detroit. So he's wow. his IMDb reads three movies, Beverly Hills <laughs> Cop 1, 2, and 3. But the guy should have done more, and he was he pretty was great. Old. Yeah, he was awesome in it, and just really natural, and the back and forth of them was really cool, too, so I liked that. And then, um, so Axel goes home at this point, and his friend that he grew up with, Michael Tandino, shows up, and Michael is uh, a bit of an ex-con and uh, a little bit of a shady background, has some stolen goods with him. And so they decide to go out for drinks and they're palling around and everything. And, you know, uh, I guess 
Michael had taken the fall for Axel when they stole a car as kids. So there's you know a certain amount of loyalty there. Um, yeah. and, and so they go back to the house and boom, two guys show up, they knock out Axel and then they shoot Michael Tandino dead. I mean, it's just like out of the blue. Out I mean, this blue. is a comedy. I'm not expecting that. Right. Right. Yeah. It took a turn, but in, uh, you know, a dramatic way. Well, it had to, I it think as to. we go on with the movie. Of course. So, uh, Eddie wakes up from his stupor after being uh, knocked out in the head and he sees Inspector Todd and Inspector Todd's like, you should go on vacation. You shouldn't be hanging out with a, he calls him a hoodlum friend, I think. <laughs> and, uh, so he he goes uh, to decides to go to where Michael came from, which mm-hmm. was Beverly Hills, to kind of investigate that situation. So he flies out there on his vacation, and uh, he ends up. It's a funny scene. He's driving a Chevy Nova mm-hmm. through Rodeo Drive, and like I think the tires are like the hubcaps are falling off. It's it's not right, a good the look. Juxtaposition of like his old car, kind of beat up, and then all this driving by like the Louis Vuitton store. Yeah. And, all this like ritzy stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so uh, then he goes to the Beverly Hills Hotel and he does this really good back and forth with the with the concierge and he, and he gets a hotel room by pretending that he is writing an article on Michael Jackson. I'm sorry, I don't see anything out of that name. Uh, check Rolling Stone Magazine's Axel Foley. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> No, no Rolling Stone, no Axel Foley. I'm sorry, sir. Oh, that's all right. You guys probably just made some kind of mistake with reservations. Why don't you just give me another room now, go up and go to sleep? I'm sorry, sir, but there are no rooms available. Don't you think I realize what's going on here, miss? Who do you think I am, huh? Don't you think I know that if I was some hotshot from out of town that pulled inside here and you guys made a reservation mistake, I'd be the first one to get a room and I'd be upstairs relaxing right now. But I'm not some hotshot from out of town. I'm a small reporter from Rolling Stone magazine that's in town to do an exclusive interview with Michael Jackson. It's just so quick. He's just, he's just so great. That was a great scene. At that point, after he checks in, he goes to see um, the boss of, you know, who Michael was working for, a guy by the name of Victor Maitland. And he goes up and the guy, what is, he's wearing like a kimono with yeah, a suit. It's like a suit jacket, that. but it's a kimono thing going on there. It was very odd. Cause yeah, he had like this robe over his clothes, over his suit. Right. Right. And, um, Never really explained why. Right. It's a terrible look. Terrible <laughs> look. But I don't know if he just got his hair cut or right. he's going to karate class. Karate class, yeah. Or this is just something that he adopts because he is in the art world. So uh, this guy is an import exporter, uh, also owns a few art galleries. So Axel goes in to, to speak to him and it doesn't get received very well. And then he, uh, this guy calls the security, takes Axel and he throws him right through a plate glass window, <laughs> these security guys. side of the car put your hands on the hood why what's with you guys you heard what he said sir do it right now please hold up wait a second you guys are arresting me for getting thrown out of a window i got thrown out of a window man that's when he gets arrested yep um for disturbing the peace or whatnot and then a couple funny lines there about you know what, what do you arrest the guy getting hit by a car jaywalking <laughs> you know stuff like that so he goes to the police department that's where he meets um Taggart and Rosewood. So that's uh, Judge Reinhold, great actor playing Rosewood. And John Ashton, great character actor. Um, he was in Gone Baby Gone. He plays a police officer in that. Probably he plays a police officer in everything, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And so he's playing Taggart. So there's a little back and forth there. And Taggart 
ends up punching Axel in the stomach. He does. Yeah, and there's a the, he, the chief, Chief Bogmill comes out. There's this discussion. They're like, do you want to sue? And he's like, no, I don't want to press charges or anything like that because cops don't press charges on other cops. Right, the so, loyalty there. Right. So... Oh, actually, speed back a little bit. They they go into the to the art gallery first to see his friend. And Michael Tandino uh, grew up with Jenny Summers, with Axel and all that. So they're all old Detroit friends. So he sees Jenny Summers. And this is when he bumps into Bronson Pinchot mm-hmm. coming, about to be just blowing up when he's on Perfect Strangers. You know the guy I'm talking about, Balky. And that, that scene right there that is pretty great, funny. yeah. When it's like, I think he, he's from another country, so he has an accent, and he's like talking to Axel. He's like, Aquel, Aquel <laughs> Foley, that whole scene. He's like, would you like an espresso with a lemon twist? All that. I mean, that's pretty funny. And my name is Serge, and how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. It's very busy today. Maybe you'll give me your name? My name is Axel Foley. And uh, what is pertaining? I didn't understand what you said. Pertaining, what it's meaning, regarding. Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Donay, one moment. Donay, when tell me Summers that uh, Mr. Ahmed Foley is here to no, see Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmed, Ahwell. Axel. Foley is here to see her. These are old acquaintances. Donnie, this is kind of disarmed. It's I'm like sorry. the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy, it's animal. No, it's not sexy at all. May I offer you something to drink? A wine, a cocktail, a, a espresso? No, I'm fine, thank you. I'll make it to myself right back there with a little lemon twist. It's good. You should try it. No, I'm, I'm fine. That's when um, him and Jenny end up like linking up again, and then they go to check out some of the... This is actually actually... Jenny bails him out of pri- uh, not prison, jail or whatever mm-hmm. when he goes to the police department. So they bail him out, and then this is when they start to investigate some of the uh, the places. Um, and they go to first the warehouse, and that's where they find something very suspicious. Was that the coffee grounds? That's right, that's the coffee right. ground. And explain to us why the coffee grounds are a little bit suspicious. So now, coffee grounds apparently will throw off the scent um, for, for dogs, drug-sniffing dogs. They throw off the scent so the dogs can't smell the drugs. So uh, Axel kind of picked up on that and said, why are there coffee grounds, you know? Right. And I, I feel like I didn't know that, but it kind of makes sense. It's, I guess it's so strong that you could just pack, in this case, the cocaine, like way down the bottom or heroin or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, then put all the, the coffee grounds above it so you can't even smell anything. You can't even penetrate it. Yeah. And I think I had... It sounded familiar. I think I had seen that in another movie or something like that. Um, but, yeah, it definitely, you know, he goes on to explain it later. Because initially he just kind of saw that and, you know, it was kind of like, hmm, what are these coffee grounds doing here? And then he explained it, to, you know, in the police station, right? Right. And then after that, they go back to the hotel. And then this is when they figure out that they're being tailed by, you know, uh, Taggart and Rosewood. So this is mm-hmm. a scene. They hang out in the hotel a little bit and they decide to order a bunch of food to go out to the cars out front that are, you know, doing the stakeout, which is great. I think it's a nice touch. They send a shrimp salad, I think a couple other items, really high class stuff yeah. from the hotel restaurant. That's when you see Damon Wayans. Um, he grabs a couple bananas from him. A couple of bananas. How much are they? Well, the buffet plate is twelve fifty. You get peaches, plums, oranges, and bananas. All I need is a couple of bananas. Take those bananas. 
And he takes those bananas while they're distracted, eating the shrimp salads Mm -hmm. and and everything else, and they shove the bananas in the tailpipe of a car. Now, I'm no mechanic, but allegedly, I guess, if you stuff enough stuff up the, uh, the tailpipe there... You'll uh you'll stop the car completely because because right. it, it stalled out. This yep. gave Jenny and Axel the opportunity to take off. Now they go to the airport to investigate further, and that's where they figure out kind of the crux of the plan. Essentially, this Victor Maitland is a smuggler. So what he does is he pays off people in the in the warehouses for imports that come in to. Uh, Los Angeles. So those people don't check his items. There's no record of the items. In those items, it's like illegal contraband and things like drugs and, and other stuff that, you know, you can't, you know, have and whatnot. So, and there's no record of it. And that way they're able to sort of transfer those things uh, out into the public. And that's how he makes a lot of his money besides the art gallery mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So that's how they figure it out. When Axel ends up returning to the hotel after that, and that, that's actually, we should go back to that scene. That's a really good scene where he, he pretends he's a security agent mm-hmm. and and he's and he kind of talks to the people and he's able to uh to you know f- get all the statements he needs and it's just one of those funny things where when you're a smooth talking guy in the 80s in a comedy you're able to get whatever you want <laughs> so when axel returns to the hotel he spots taggart and rosewood still sitting in the unmarked police car and he decides to take them to a strip joint <laughs> well he says he's going to take them for a drink but he ends up bringing them to the strip joint and that's a that's a hugely funny scene there they're just like I can't get into it because this is a family show, but there's some back and forth there yeah. that's uh, that's pretty funny. And uh, they're able to uh, to foil a crime in the process, which is not necessarily the best thing because now you got to explain it to the chief why you're on a stakeout, why you're showing up to a strip joint. So they do this whole story and, and they call themselves the super cops and they say that Taggart and Rosewood really were outside and they foiled the crime, but, you know, uh, Taggart's just too honest and he tells... The chief that it's just uh, that didn't happen, and um, right that Axel was the one who really right Axel foiled the whole crime and all mm-hmm. that stuff like that. So it was, uh, and, and they get in trouble for that. So now they're taking off the case. Now they bring the case to uh, two uh, rookie guys, and they talk about the banana in the tailpipe. And he he does the voice, and he tells the guys like. You got to use your bass and your voice. is like, I'm not going to fall for the banana on the tailpipe. That whole thing. Uh, to one of the guys, I thought that was pretty funny. I just love his impressions and, and stuff like that. He's always been great with that stuff. So uh, at that point, now he's going after Victor Maitland again. He has the evidence he needs, but he can't really. It's all circumstantial. So he needs a little bit more. So he stakes out in front of uh, Victor Maitland's house. And then the cops are following him. The other two cops, not uh, Rosewood and Taggart. Morning, officers. What y'all, the second team? We're the first team. Yeah. We're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? <laughs> it should be more natural, brother. It should flow out like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. See? That's more natural for us. You've been hanging out with this dude too long. So they end up, uh, he offers them beers and stuff. He's got mm-hmm. some food for a stakeout. Right. And so then Victor Maitland finally comes out. And now he's going to follow him, but he's got to lose the cops. So he goes to a stop sign, waits for it to turn red, and then just drives right through the mm-hmm. intersection. These guys get spun out. And now he follows them to the Harrow Club, where, again, he has to use his street smarts to get in to the club itself. I'll let you guys watch that scene. Right, it is he makes a, up a story. Yeah, it's a pretty funny back pretty and forth there. story there where he is able to then, you know, right. bypass he and... Uh, basically says he has... Uh, a virus of some mm-hmm, sort. Yeah. Um, and he wants to explain it to Victor Maitland. Mm-hmm. So the virus is, uh, 
I guess, off-putting for the mm-hmm. uh, the maitre d', so they let him go right, right. in. And then <laughs> a fight ensues, and Eddie throws the guy. And, and, and if you watch the scene closely, you're going to see a stuntman with a beard that doesn't <laughs> look anything like Eddie. So definitely watch that scene. He throws him across the table. There's a huge thing. Eddie gets arrested again. And that's when the chief comes in. And, and, and is like, you know, get this guy out of here. And, and the speech with the chief where he's like, is this the man who wrecked the buffet at the Harrow Club? Did I? <laughs> like that whole thing is pretty funny. And Eddie does an impersonation of him. <laughs> so at this point, he tells Rosewood and Taggart to, you know, get him to the city limits. Get him out of here at this point. He wants him to just, you know, I don't know. It's weird because it's like, it's almost like a Western where it's like, you got to get him to the city limits yeah. or else, you know, whatever. It just seems strange that, like, he has to leave the city limits of Beverly Hills mm-hmm. at this point, but whatever. Right. And so I, I believe this. So Rosewood, you know, says, all right, I'm going to, you know, drive you out of here. And that's when Axel mentions to Rosewood that Maitland has another shipment due, which he decided not to tell Bogomil once he realized Bogomil couldn't or wouldn't help at that point. So he, Rosewood takes him to see Jenny at the art gallery where Axel asks for her warehouse key, but she insists on coming along. That's where the issue is. And then Rosewood waits in an unmarked car, not being able to go in until Axel and Jenny establish the presence of the evidence. Otherwise, it would be an illegal search. So that makes sense why he stayed in the car out there. Mm-hmm. Um, sneaking into the warehouse, Axel opens a crate that turns out to contain large bags of cocaina. <laughs> hidden inside of the coffee grounds like we talked about. Right, yep. Suddenly, Zach and his men appear. Zach would be the uh, the main henchman um, for Victor Maitland. And they hold guns to Axel and then Jenny Summers. And then Victor Maitland comes in. It's this huge speech. You know, like when the, when the villain comes in and he tells you his old plan type of deal. It seemed like <laughs> one of those. It's just yeah. kind of like, all right, if you're going to do something, you should probably do it now. But instead, they just kind of drag that whole thing out. And then, so they take Jenny, Victor takes Jenny with his other two henchmen and they leave Axel to be shot. And that's when Rosewood comes in and does a good job. I think it's one shot, knocks the person down. I think so. Yeah, and that's it. So now they got to figure out where Jenny is. So they decide to go to Victor Maitland's house. Yep. And, and that's when Taggart finds them. They have some good GPS for 1984 to find them. They tracked them down in the police car. Yeah. I, I wonder if that was a real thing back there. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, so they end up uh, going to Victor Maitland's house. Jenny's inside being held hostage. So they go in there, and and there's this, like, huge shootout. But it's just a shootout, right? I mean, no Lots of shots fired uh, from uh, the security guards. Oh, yeah. Maitland's security guards. None of them hit any of the, you know, Foley or... Right, they miss on everything. They miss on everything. I would hate to share a bathroom with those guys. They didn't hit any marks. (laughs) But anyways, yeah, so they go in and then there's this shootout and then Axel gets in the house and he ends up getting shot. But he gets shot by Victor Maitland. So, again, Victor Maitland's got to be like, why am I hiring these guys to do this? (laughs) This is crazy. I have the worst. There's like 50 of them. Right. And they miss every time. Right. They were shooting at Rosewood. They were (laughs) shooting at Taggart. They missed every single time. It was absolutely bananas. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I'm like. How did I not notice this as a kid? This is crazy that they were able to like, like the, like the interview process. It's like, can you shoot a gun? <laughs> no, I can't. You're hired. You're hired. That's kind of how it went down. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So there's a big shootout and then, um, Axel takes a bullet to the, to the right arm, but he's a lefty shooter and he ends up going in and 
Bogomil and a fleet of police officers arrive at the compound and arrest Maitland's surveillance and security teams because it doesn't matter because it's not they're, like they're going to do anything. They might, they're better off throwing their guns at them at this <laughs> point. Inside the mansion, Axel confronts Maitland, who is holding his gun to Jenny's head. Neither man moves until Bogomil appears behind Axel with his gun pointed at Maitland. Jenny takes advantage of this distraction to escape from Maitland, and Axel and Bogomil, they just empty their guns into Maitland, killing him. I mean, I think they hit him 18 times. It was crazy. Yeah. When the smoke clears, Hubbard shows up, which is the chief, demanding answers. Bogomil makes up a story insisting that he himself had led the investigation into Maitland's activities, thanks to Jenny and Axel's tips, and that Axel was merely an observer at the scene. Skeptical, Hubbard, now going back to Taggart, right? Taggart Mm -hmm. can always be honest. He's always going to tell the truth. Talks to Taggart to confirm the story, which he does, having learned his lesson from the strip club incident. (laughs) Super cops. Finally, Hubbard decides to accept Bogomil's version of the events. Axel begs Bogomil to talk to his chief inspector, Todd, in Detroit, so he doesn't get in trouble and gets his job back, saying that if he lost his job in Detroit, he would move to Beverly Hills permanently. (laughs) They do not want that. They don't want Axel there. And then, uh, yeah, that evening, Axel prepares to check out of the Beverly Palm when Rosewood and Taggart, that's a good scene. That is nice. I really like that scene. They show up. They pay the bill. You know, Axel steals a bunch of the uh, The the robes, robes, gives them out to him, and and then we uh, we go off into the sunset. It is a nice ending, yeah. Who do you think won the movie? I would say Eddie Murphy. Yeah, and he came out of this as a huge star and everything. He was great. He was great through and through. I think who stole the movie... I would say I'm going to go with Bronson Pinchot. Okay, that's yeah, a good one. He was good. You like Chief Inspector Todd. I do, yes. Yeah, you want him to, to be it. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't an actor, and yet he had some really good scenes. Yeah, he was great in it, too. I mean, you could say Judge Reinhold playing yeah. Rosewood stole it. He, he had good. a lot of good scenes there. But I think, like, if you look at that, besides Eddie, who people talk about, it's the Surge character played by Bronson Pinchot, which is great there. Mm -hmm. So he was the unsung hero of that movie. And I think, like, newcomer of the year, Damon Wayans with the bananas. No, I I would say Judge (laughs) Reinhold. It's one of his first movies after Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I think that that gave him, like, a lead credentials in in movies to come. And then he did the other two uh, sequels as well. But, I mean, overall, I would give this, out of 10 stars, I would say this is an 8.8 from me. Okay. I'd go with 7.6. 7. 7.6? 7. Yeah, okay, solid. why? I mean, it was, um, it was definitely a quality movie. Um, great plot and just carried out well. Just, you know, as far as my own personal tastes, I don't know, 7.6. It was uh, nothing wrong with it. Just also didn't totally wow me. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense there. All right, that is, that the average is what? I don't even know what that, what's that, an 8? An 8.0? Maybe an 8.2? Yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, people are going to do the math and they're going to probably let me know what it is. But anyways, we're going to be back in a couple weeks uh, with the movie Mean Girls. So oh, she's yeah. going to get her turn. That's my pick. That's her favorite movie of all time. <laughs> so I will watch Mean Girls, I guess. So, yeah, uh, got to. Yes, yeah, shoot us an email. Let us know what you thought of this one. Send us any suggestions as well. And um, our debut podcast. Yeah, debut. Debut episode. Debut episode uh, for this one here. All right, that'll do it here. Uh, we are out of here, Kate. We are out. Thanks for listening. Bye.